Guys, as we're making a transition here for our kids to go upstairs, uh, I want to read um, today's passage of Scripture. We're just going to start. We're going to read it, and then we'll spend some time in it. Um, but first, I want to read uh, these verses. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Acts. Uh, we're going to catch the last verse of chapter 9 because I love it. I almost preached a whole sermon on just that verse, but um, we're going to start there, and then we're going to skip 1 through 8. Uh, that was last week's passage. Um, and, and we're going to start on verse 9. So we're going to go from 943 to 10.9 and then up through actually 23. I got 22 up there. So let's read. Acts chapter 9, verse 43. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa living with Simon, a t- tanner of hides. So we know where Peter's at. That's why we got to read that verse. Where is Peter? Last week we talked about Cornelius and we the vision that Cornelius had, the choices that mattered that Cornelius had made, and that God that that because Cornelius had a genuine heart for God, God moved heaven and earth to get. He's trying to get Peter down there to him, right? Um, but Peter's still hanging out in Joppa, so that's where he's at while Cornelius is having that vision. All right, after Cornelius has the vision, chapter ten, verse nine. The next day. As Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Sounds like you all right now. I got a yep out there. I got an amen. got one. I don't get any more. It was about noon, and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners, and the sheet were all sorts of animals reptiles and birds then a voice said to him get up peter kill and eat them no lord peter declared i've never eaten anything that our jewish laws have declared impure and unclean but the voice spoke again do not call something unclean if god has made it clean the same vision was repeated three times kind of a theme with peter then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house standing outside the gate. They asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, so he's still on the roof. You've got to kind of envision how God is playing this out. Uh, Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Oh, man, isn't that how God wants us? Without hesitation. Just go without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. All right, y'all got all that? You know what's going on? Today's message is called Tear Down the Walls. And uh, we talked some last week about that and we're going to talk a little bit more about it this week. Um, But as I was thinking about it, Chris and I and the elders here at the church, we were dreaming about upstairs. Uh, how many's never been upstairs here? You guys, you got a bunch that have not been up there. So upstairs, it does not look like this right now. So we got this 
very expensive engineering and architecture firm to uh, draw up some potential floor plans for upstairs, and I think we got our money's worth. Um, now, really, I sketched this out on an iPad, and so it's not to scale. But right now, where you see there in the, the top, where it says 800 seating, uh, right now that's three small rooms. There's just a bunch of rooms the same size up there. So there's times, like in a kid's age group class, in one of those rooms, on Wednesday nights, we've had as many as 25 Okay, and this is like 15 is probably in there comfortable. 25 is like, okay, this is, like this is not good. Um, and so you still send your kids. We take care of them. Nobody gets hurt usually. <laughs> Thai kids like, you just lied from the pulpit. I chipped my tooth two weeks ago. <laughs> and so we start dreaming. We start saying, you know what we got to do? We're going to have to tear down some walls. Like, that's what we started thinking about. We started looking at them. We're like, that's change. And, and, you know, walls are built to separate, to divide, to protect. And, and we were thinking, we just got to gotta tear these down. So we started kind of dreaming about that and what it looked like and, and shared it. And a, an elder, you know, the leadership of the church, the meeting uh, last month. And I showed them this. And they're like, I mean, you got somebody to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you already paid so much to get the design laid out. We have to do it. Um, <laughs> And, and so they were like, yeah, let's, let's tear down the walls. And so I was thinking about that and, and what it meant, and I was thinking about what we've been talking about here in this story between the Jews and the Gentiles, and that's what's happening here. Cornelius was a Gentile, was someone that the Jews were taught to hate, to disregard, called them dogs. They were, they were, you couldn't marry a Gentile. Like it was, this was, they, they were just, there was a wall, there was a division there. And, and God is getting ready to absolutely do what no man could have done, what everybody thought. Are you glad God can do what you think is impossible? Amen. I mean, take that as just a note in this sermon. It's not the, I don't even have a point down that says that. But sometimes you just need to hear, God can do what you think is impossible. And many times it's through people and circumstances like he's getting ready to do right here. He does it through the church. Many times you will be the miracle somebody else has been praying for. Right? The do for one, you're just a miracle. Everyone you put in, and you, you, somebody's surprised, you take care of their Christmas, you take care of whatever it is that's struggling with them, you are the miracle they've been praying for. All right? But he's going to break down this wall between the Jews and the Gentiles, and it's going to change the world. I mean, from this point on, it changes the world. And, and, and so there are some, there's going to be walls in our community Right, that need to be torn down. We talked about that some last week. Well, it's through denominations. Whether it's through neighborhoods, social status, schools. Like, there are these real divisions. But for, for, for God to change the world, he's got to do something first. He's got to tear down a wall in Peter's heart. All right, the, the denominations, our community doesn't change as long as we all have walls up in our heart. And so that's what today is about. Well, what are some walls we might have in our heart? Maybe it's, uh, for Peter, it was traditions. You kind of see that play out here, the way that things used to be, the way church is and what church looks like. You ever get this feeling sometimes like, oh, good people go to church and bad people don't? That's totally like backward. Like, 
we're all bad people in, in some sense of the word, like we're all struggling. And so we might not ask if they're Christian, but we might get in this habit. Do they go to church? There's a lot of people, bad people go to church. Like, don't rest on that. There's good people go to church, there's bad people go to church. There's traditions, there's mindsets, um, there's self-righteousness. There's all these things that can creep in. I want to look at these just a little bit today. But first, I want to get a feel for Peter. How's God going to just totally tear down the walls in Peter's heart? Where does it start? You know what I love? Is you got Peter, right? Peter is, uh, he's heard Jesus say, upon this rock I'll be, build my church. And Peter was, Peter means rock. Um, and so maybe he had this pressure. He was the one that preached at Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit fell on and 3,000 people got saved, first sermon. They were preaching, the, the pressure on him. I thought, man, if that pressure was on me, I'd have it. Like, uh, man, I have my email set up. Got to get me an email. I got to got to have a website, right? I got to have uh, I got to have social media. I got to have a cell phone. I got to have I, I need to get some like task management software so I can have manage projects. I got to do this, this, and this. This is the way my mind works. Is what right? If if you're Peter and you got to spread the church across the whole world, how do you start? What do you do? You start making a list of what. I mean, am I the only one that would do that? I would start making a list where I'm going to go. All right, let's analyze that town and pick that place. I think Joppa would be good. They got 90% lost and like, let's go down there. But that's how we'd start operating. You realize Peter has gone from town to town having no idea where he's going next. You know, in this season right now, you know where Peter is. 943, why is it important? It says he stayed a long time in Joppa. In Joppa with Simon, first of all, Simon was a tanner, somebody the Jews should not be hanging out with. He was considered unclean because he turned animal skins into leather. He touched dead animals. Shouldn't be doing that. But he's hanging out with him. In chapter 10, 1 through 8, you find out where Simon the tanner lives. Oh, I'd have stayed too, probably. He's by the sea. You know what I mean? It's like I got the world to save churches to build places to go gospel to spread I think I'll stay a long time right here by the sea sweet tea we were talking about upstairs this week and there's two thermostats up there and one controls opposite sides of the building and I noticed like my office was really really hot and the one on the other side was really, really cold. I thought, well, we got one out or something. So we went to look at the thermostats, and it turned out that one was set to heat. <laughs> and one was set to cold. And Chris is like, man, we're going to create a hurricane right here in this hallway. <laughs> we're also going to create an electric bill. Where's the treasurer? Sorry about that. So for a few days, they were just fighting each other. And when God's got a call in your life and something to do, that's what, that's what it feels like when you start making the lists. When you start saying, this is what i got to do next, you start feeling the pressure is on you. But where's my clicker? I think I can click from the beast chair. I might not get up. 
I mean, honestly, it's kind of nice. It says the next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. Where was Peter? He was by the sea, hanging out with a guy that he shouldn't be hanging out with. Around noon, he's getting hungry. He goes up on the roof to pray. Noon was the second prayer for Jews. They prayed three times a day. But Peter, you got work to do. You know what I realized here? God can use us, but he don't need us. Like, you think God's dependent on Peter? Like, he'll find somebody else. He'll, like, he gets it done. His will can't be stopped. What I also realized that Peter... Oh, man, while he wasn't working, God was. Yeah, like the pressure's not on you. The pressure's not on me. Like to be successful, we're just called to be faithful. And in this season, not where to go next, Peter just like, so maybe, maybe, maybe there's a lesson here that somebody is like so busy, like you're in a busy stretch and you just need to rest. Like for real, we're coming into the holidays and it's supposed to be the time of rest and relaxation and like, oh, I'm off. Let me make the list. What I'm going to do while I'm off work for a little bit. Like, who can I invite? How many events can I do? How many things can we be at? How many sports? How many? Uh, are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? And there's just seasons of life where you can just rest. He said he stayed there a long time. I mean, I might have stayed a night, maybe a weekend with that much. And if Beth was with me, I probably would have stayed a weekend. but I'd been working and I'd been messing up because while we're not working God still is God's down he's like he's already gone to Caesarea he's found Cornelius sent an angel down there giving him a vision Cornelius has sent the people up like God told him to and while Peter wasn't working God was can you just rest in that for a minute God take some of the weight off your shoulders sit down by the beach and just look at the ocean go up on the roof and pray so we, we find Peter at this season of urgency in my mind and he's just praying he's just talking to God when you think about praying do you think about making your list of requests to God right sometimes we think about that I want you to understand that prayer and talking to God is more about God changing your heart than you changing his. Well, how do you spend hours ago? What are you asking for? I'm just listening. I'm just feeling. I'm like, empty me out. Fill me up with your spirit. You show me what you want to do. And, and, and there's times that I think I know what I'm doing, and I spend time with God, and he changes my heart. And so that's what happens to Peter here. In this season of, of urgency and so much to do, he's just hanging out by the sea with Simon, uh, the, the guy he shouldn't be hanging out with, really, praying, saying, God, what do you want to do next? And in that moment of prayer, God begins to speak to him because he's got to tear down this wall in Peter's heart. He says he saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners and the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. 
pause, mini sermon. Peter, the last two sermons, what did he say to the two people he met, or two before the last one? Get up. This is Peter. He's supposed to have it all together. He's the leader. Even the leader God has to say to sometimes, Peter, get up. Like, none of us are perfect. None of us get there. Like, so here, I was thinking of Peter saying those words to Annius, to Tabitha, get up. And now here he is in this state, this trance, says in a trance on the roof. Like he's gotten his own spot, his own self in a place, and God has to speak to him. Get up, Peter. In this vision, kill and eat them. And no, Lord. Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. This tradition. He's like, no. Wait, God just told you to do it. You ever tell God no? Doesn't really work out. I'm just fair warning. No, Lord, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. He was like a toddler. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it don't matter. I mean, you can just say it over and over. We got a three-year-old. He just turned three. I mean, I don't know. We've said certain things over and over and over. He's still not got it yet. We're not that much different when it comes to our relationship with God. Like, he's got to pour into us, and this is the Spirit speaking to Peter. And you want to know, well, when's it time to go? When's it time to work? You'll know. The Spirit will talk to you. You'll feel it. He, he was in, the, in this time of prayer, and the same vision was repeated three times, and the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. And he, here's the other divider that's getting ready to happen, what God is, God is really so excited about to share with the world. Not only is he, he tore down the, the barrier, the wall between the Gentiles and Jew, but he is really working on tearing down the wall between man and God. Because up until this point, the Gentiles had no hope. And the Jews thought they only had hope. <laughs> and only had hope if they did everything just right and obeyed all the laws and rules and expectations. But God was at work here. It says, Peter was very perplexed. Y'all ever been perplexed in a trance? The other day I was driving home and uh, we were having, we were going to Best Mom and Dad's and, um, and they live up Hurricane Creek. Y'all know where Hurricane Creek is. And we lived down at Harold, and uh, I was supposed to go home and get something, our daughter, <laughs> and uh, before I went up there. And I was on my way home, and then, like, I just came to, and I was, like, almost to their house. I was, like, halfway up Hurricane Creek. I don't even remember turning. I didn't even, y'all ever been in that kind of trance? Like, how'd I get here? It's like, I'm, I'm on my way to get you. <laughs> turning around real fast, trying to get back home. See, Peter was very perplexed. Like, it, sometimes I, I might be weird, but I love being in a state of just being perplexed about what God is doing. Like, that I've never got it figured out. Like, it's always the next thing. What's he doing now? And I'm listening to what he's speaking in my heart. I'm, I'm talking to our elders and the leadership of the church. I'm saying, what's God got on your heart? And I'm watching my everyday interactions. Who's, who's, sending me, who's sending me Facebook friend requests? Who am I bumping into at the grocery store? What's God doing? Because he's always working. When we're not working, he's always working. 
And so I'm always watching. It says Peter was perplexed. And if you get perplexed about what God is doing, he's, he's spoken to you like something's getting ready to happen. And I've just kind of always felt this way about him. I felt that way when, when God, when I was taking exit 23, out here, he said, y'all need to be downtown Pikeville. Felt that clear in my spirit, like that's where we needed to be. I didn't know how. I didn't know where. You just go along day by day saying, some point we're going to land. We're going to land in a place like I can just feel it. I felt that. And you just feel that state of like, oh, man, God's doing something. Y'all been there? Y'all felt that. And so, 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 so Peter's got this feeling. It says, what could it mean? At just about that time, just then, by chance... No. No, Peter, Peter's been praying. He's perplexed. The Spirit's spoken to him. He's feeling something. Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. They were standing outside the gate. I love that part even. I'm, man, I got, I got Simon the Tanner's house figured out. He's got this nice place. He's got a roof where he can look out at the sea. Get up on, you know, he's got a gate. He's got some kind of nice white picket fence. You know, I don't know. I'm just imagining. I'm, there's just something incredible about that for me. See, the, but they stand outside the gate. And they ask if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. And about that time, Peter's, you know, hands through his hair. This is what I'm doing. I'm like, what is he doing? What is going on? He's puzzling over the vision the Holy Spirit said to him, and he feels three men came looking for you. Get up again. God's got to tell Peter, get up. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I've sent them. So Peter went down, and he said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They tell him, Cornelius sent us. He had this vision. He said, go find Simon called Peter. Told us where you were staying. We're here to find you. And we're here to take you back to him so he can hear a message from you. When we get to the next sermon in this series, it won't be next Sunday. It'll be after the first of the year because we're going to do some Advent. We're going to do Christmas. We're going to find out what did Peter have to say to Cornelius. But for this night, this time and this season and this sermon, it ends here in verse 23. They were standing outside the gate. God had been working in Peter's heart. He had been listening to the Holy Spirit. And now the circumstances, the people were confirming what God had already spoke to him. This is how God works. And so Peter invited them. Like you don't know how big that word is. Invited the the the. The centurions, the Roman, the Gentiles invited them to stay for the night. They stopped at the gate, and Peter's heart is starting to change, and he says, come on. Because this is really what Jesus, what Peter, what he's trying to get to Cornelius to tell him. Is that Cornelius has been doing everything he can right. He's been praying all the time. He's been giving to the poor. But he's standing at the gate. Right? He is separated from God. Because even with all his best effort, all the good he can do, it's not good enough to be right with God. And yet we find here, Peter is getting ready to share with Cornelius 
about this barrier between man and God, that Jesus invites us all in. We were talking about these walls upstairs, and uh, let me see here. Yeah, I've been trying to get done earlier, and I'm almost finished. This is good. We're talking about, we've been talking about the walls upstairs, and, you know, we don't own this building. We've rented it, so we've got to talk to the landlord, right? We've got to say, hey, I've got to show her our high-quality architectural designs to give her confidence that we know what we're doing. And uh, so Bethany and I met with her. We brought her by. Her name's Janice. And I brought her by, showed her what, showed her what we were thinking about doing. And uh, this has been about a month ago. And this was the text I got back. She's got, uh, she's got two daughters. Um, and uh, she's, when we met, she said, let me talk to my daughters and just see. And she said, my girls and I applauded what's happening at New Beginnings. And Phil, you should go ahead and take down the walls. And when I got that text, I, I'd read through this passage. I wasn't sure what I was going to preach on yet. But man, when she said, like, if, the, if God is at work, if he's moving, take down the walls. Like, and she said, I applaud what's happening. And, and, and here's, the name of the sermon is Tear Down the Walls. And I'm not telling you to tear down the walls because you can't. You can't tear down the wall that's in your heart. You can't break through to God on your own. Like, you can't do it. Here's what I'm asking. To search your heart. Find the bias, the prejudice, the the things you've got against people, the, the brokenness, the insecurity that holds you back. All these things you've been trying so hard to break down the walls. And you're like those two thermostats. Like it's just creating a hurricane. And like it's just going and going and going and nothing is changing. And what I'm asking you this morning is to accept this invitation. Like Peter said, come on in. He invited me. I'm, I'm asking you to invite this invitation from Jesus. That says that yoke is so difficult. But mine is easy. Like, you're heavy laying your burden. I'm asking you, let God tear down the walls inside your heart. In order for the church to multiply, and for order us to reach the place, and for us to change the town like we think we can, and our neighbors, and reach the people we want to reach, it starts in our own hearts. And so today I'm praying that we see mindsets change. We see hearts change. We see some maybe here that have never given your heart to Christ. That you've done the religious things. You've gone to church. You've been there and done that. It's a throwback, wasn't it? But you just you, you feel like a hurricane. Some of you are so busy, and I'm saying just like maybe it's a moment just to catch a breath. Spend some one-on time with God. See what he's speaking. Look around you. Open your eyes. Realize we depend on him, not the other way around. Like the pressure is not on you to be successful.
if he tears down the walls in our hearts, you're going to see some things change in your workplace and the way you see people and the way you treat people and the way you live uh, for God. And here's what I know. We live in the Bible Belt. We know what going to church means. And sometimes it is wrapped up in so many traditions and rituals that it's hard to cut through and say, what does relationship with Jesus mean? And out of a relationship with Jesus comes a gathering of people who are following Jesus. Like, and that's the kind of a good thing about a new church is like we can kind of throw all that out and say, what does it mean to have church? And was that... Is that just a gathering on Sunday morning? Because if you make a list and you say, well, I'm going to start a church or I'm going to make disciples, which is what all the, they did in Acts. That's what they did, the new church. That's what they did. Like over here, start a church. You can make, what's your first thing on the list? Sound system, building, lights, a preacher, a good preacher, a better preacher. Not that one. All right, Whatever. You need chairs. You, like, you realize you can do, make disciples without any of that. And you can do all of this and never make a disciple. Like you can have the money and get the chairs and have a, have a good event, have good music and, and do the thing. And just like, oh, once a week we have a service. But if you're here, like you keep your emphasis here, and it's where my heart is, we make disciples. When Chris came on, his title is Discipleship Pastor. How do we multiply? How do we take each and every person who's stepping out in faith, who've had the walls torn down, who realize, man, there's no separation between me and God anymore. Because you realize when Christ was crucified, the veil was torn physically and literally in the temple the thing that separated the average person from God was ripped in half and in this moment he is saying I'm not just coming to save the Jews I'm not just coming to save those who came to church last week I'm not just coming to save those who are looking for me I am coming to save all men, drug addicts, prostitutes. Like, it doesn't matter. Jesus is here. I'm going to Simon. He'd send Peter to Simon the Tanner's house. I'll save this centurion over here in Caesarea. Yeah, he's a Roman. Yeah, he's for the Roman. Yeah, they have us in bondage. But if he accepts my invitation, he's made whole. Until we get in our heart. Like, he's, he's here to save every person. Our job is to share the gospel. Share the truth of Jesus, who Jesus is, what he's done for us. Tear down the walls. My prayer today as we close. God, I search my heart. Looking for the things that are holding me back. from a full understanding of your grace and your mercy and your love. God, I pray that we as a church, as we go forward and we're physically going to tear down walls upstairs in this place. God, I just, I know you're tearing down walls spiritually. In our hearts, in our town, 
God, give us just this burning passion that Paul had for everyone around us to meet you, to know you, to share the truth about you. God, wreck us. Break our hearts. Let us see. Open our eyes. God, we are so thankful that in Jesus you tore down the walls between God and man and you gave us access. Yeah, simply. And we even know that we cannot please you without faith. Today, for all those who are tired of working and trying, God, bring us into a season of rest in your grace and your promise that it is finished that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that our only hope, our living hope, is in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.